Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing this week? What has been happening? As you can probably tell, we are back in the recording studio. As soon as I said hello, I noticed the difference. Honestly, it just makes the process so much better being in here and it's chill as like my own little space as well as I'm not constantly worried about the background noise and it also just it sounds amazing in comparison. I think when I listen to them back, I don't hear like as big a difference as I do when I'm recording it, but there's definitely a difference and I hope you guys see that as well. But today we're talking about something uh, really interesting, a new study that has been circulating around the media, but has also um, come out in the literature through Journal of um, Sleep, I think it is, the Journal of Sleep. And super interesting one about taking frequent naps and its possible benefits for our brain. I have done a podcast about sleep before. I have done one podcast and one podcast alone because I did a very extensive podcast about that sleep on um, a book that I read by Matthew Walker, which is a fantastic book. If you haven't read that, please do give it a read. Uh, it's it's amazing. It completely summarises what sleep is, why we need it, the benefits, the difference between poor sleep, good quality sleep, how much we should be sleeping and why it makes such a difference. And I've always advocated for the importance of a sleep in such a large way for your mental and physical well-being. It has a huge, huge impact on our wellness and I would actually argue one of the most critical things for our health as well as particularly brain health and to be honest health as a whole is getting enough sleep every single night and never being sleep deprived or very rarely being sleep deprived. If you do want to read that book I will leave it in the description. I think it's amazing if you're interested in improving your health at all or if you are interested in sleep or if you particularly if you struggle with sleep please do give that a read because there is a lot of different factors that influence our sleep and we're not really aware of the you know, massive impact that these things do actually have on our sleep that are in our everyday lives. It is not sponsored by this book, but I just love that book and I think it's so eye-opening and really important and it's a really easy read as well, super interesting. So yes, we're talking today about napping and in that book they also, he does talk a lot about napping as well and there's been a couple or, you know, quite a lot of different research on napping and a lot of the times they've said a lot of different things. Basically, with napping, as you probably already know, with different cultures, people do have naps during the day, specifically in really um, in warmer countries where people tended to nap, you know, siestas and all of that in the middle of the day to avoid the most amount of heat. And this is actually linked back to prehistoric times where people used to sleep during the day as well. So there is different kinds of sleep that we've kind of transitioned more into uh We've con- we transition more into a sleep at night only uh, population when before as humans we did have naps during the day as well. Uh, but uh, many, many years ago, and it's very much uh, before kind of westernised worlds, but we did nap before and that was shown as beneficial for our sleep and also for our mental well-being, our brain health, our physical health. So today we're going to be talking about this new study what it found, do we think napping is a good thing to implement in our lives and what is the situation. And I think it's really important initially to distinguish the importance between 
uh, napping because you're absolutely exhausted and also napping for health. And I do find it quite difficult um, to think about adding napping as a part of my day. I mean, I just definitely don't have time for that. And maybe that says that there's, you know, my life is too busy. But I would probably argue that most people's life's too busy to have a little nap in the middle of the day, uh, especially if that impacts your productivity and uh, brain after. Because, I mean, I'm sure many of you understand that when you take a nap in the middle of the day, you feel terrible after it and absolutely exhausted. Or sometimes you can feel like wide awake, ready to go. But most of the time, you feel absolutely destroyed and can't do anything else. But maybe that's uh, because you'd take a nap in the day when you're absolutely exhausted anyway and needed to sleep more or needed more rest. So maybe if it was an, a habitual thing where you had a nap every single day in the middle of the day religiously, then it would be a little bit different. And kind of when I'm talking about prehistoric people, um, humans and sleep, they used to sleep kind of six hours at night and have or seven, six or seven hours at night and then kind of an hour nap in the middle of the day. So people were still getting that required sleep. So around about seven to nine hours of sleep each night but just at different times throughout the day. And it's a super interesting one because I do not think our society is uh, conducive of taking naps in the day, specifically in places like the UK. Uh, I don't know, um, well, you know, places like certain places in Spain have siestas and things like that. And that is part of their society. So that's something that people do and have done for a long time. But that isn't reality for a lot of different populations and cultures so is it something we should change as a society I don't know Uh, let's let's talk about it I'm sure many people thinking when this study came out it's been all over Instagram and everything so if you've you might have heard of this already uh, that you know this new study's came out I imagine some people are like oh my gosh this is the most amazing thing ever or some people are kind of like oh well I don't like taking naps during the day so I feel like there's probably a couple different populations there But really the study, the main finding of the study was that daytime napping was shown to preserve brain health by slowing the rate at which our brains shrink as we age. So the study was particularly done on people aged 40 to 69. So I would like to emphasise that, that this study was particularly looking at age and it wasn't done in younger people. So uh, teenagers upwards or even, you know, it wasn't remotely done on children. So this study can't talk for these populations, but when we're talking about ageing and taking naps and from age 40 to 69, this specific study might show benefits. So reducing the risk at which our brains are are shrinking. And brain shrinking is really uh, associated with the risk of dementia as well as other brain-related diseases, uh, as well as general diseases and ill health. So we can really maybe utilize naps to decrease this shrinkage as we age in a in a small way possibly and therefore combat certain diseases specifically brain related diseases associated with aging like dementia so it's really interesting as well as uh, they found specifically a casual link uh, not casual a causal link between napping and increased brain volume so quite a substantial study quite a um, big results so it's one that the media loves I mean as a PhD researcher this is the type of study you want to produce one that the media love and people will get behind uh, and have a big result if you know my PhD or my research comes up with this big result it would be 
absolutely amazing. Um, so they've really done well with this. I actually think a PhD student was doing this uh, study, so that's, again, amazing. Uh, and they also found as well with a study that people performed better in cognitive tests after a nap. So they subjected these people to um, one control group, so one people that didn't have the nap and one people that did, and they found that they performed better in cognitive tests, so brain tests after a nap, which is interesting, again, going back to that initial thing where um, some people feel really you know, not so good after a nap, some people feel better. It's interesting, I'll go on to talk about the time of the nap as well, though, because I think that does influence it. So they specifically looked at genetic analysis uh, as well and those who were predetermined to nap, uh, quotation marks, um, had larger brain volume. So we actually have different populations that are predetermined to want to nap, to be able to nap, and other populations that don't, well, people that don't have that same ability to nap during the day. So these people that are predetermined to nap, that find it very easy to sleep during the day, had a larger brain volume and then therefore they are possibly at a reduced risk of dementia and brain-related conditions as they age. But it is a genetic variant and those people are specifically more prone to napping and that is completely genetics. It's not got anything to do with their lifestyle, which is very interesting. But this type of difference in genetic predisposition to napping was equivalent to around 2.6 to 6.5 years of ageing. So that's a big difference just because of napping. And this wasn't a small study either. It was a massive study. They used the genetic makeup from the UK Biobank study, which was a study conducted on almost 400,000 people, so specifically 300,000 um well, 378,932 people uh, on their genetic makeup. So this is not a study of a small magnitude at all. It is from what I can see and what I've read from the study, a pretty reliable and well done study. It was done in UCL, so in London, as well as an association with another university, which I can't quite remember the name of now. So they were also found kind of that the genetic variants of the um, predisposition to nap was also associated with different factors like physical activity. So possibly people who are more active have this predisposition, but again, that's complete theory um, as, as well as possibly impacted by the physical activity that they are doing in a day. But bear in mind, they didn't study all ages or all ethnicities or um, different people within the world. So that is a, diff- a big limitation. This might not be the uh, outcome for all people. It might not be uh, applicable to certain uh, populations, certain ethnicities. It also might not be applicable to younger people. Uh, Maybe napping has absolutely no benefit in younger people. We don't know from this study, but we do know that from ages 40 to 69, around about that time, where ageing really kicks in and into later ageing, there is a link between napping throughout the day and possible and probable, um, from this study, increasing brain volume and decreasing brain shrinkage. But this is so important in these ages, especially on the later bracket, to prevent um, a decreased brain volume, which means less likely to take in information to do different challenges associated with the brain and all of these things. So important that we do know that 
as we age, we need to consistently challenge our brain in order to keep the neural pathways healthy and in use. So as soon as we stop using our, our brain and stop challenging our brain, so even doing like puzzles or different work-related challenges or life-related challenges or emotional challenges, we start to see a decrease in brain volume, a decrease in neural complexity, and that is when dementia starts to kick in other brain disorders, even loss of memory. So not even necessarily as extreme as dementia, just starting to lose memory and uh, not being as sharp as you used to be. And it's really important as we age that we are constantly learning, we're constantly using our brains to solve problems. And it's so important. So, and this is kind of as well, profound in older populations because obviously when you are retired you're not working anymore you can use that time to really challenge your brain in different ways Uh, but of course some people don't do that and this is what results in a kind of faster decline into brain related issues. They actually look specifically at the amount of time that the napping did benefit the brain and uh, over time the brain volume and they looked at 30 minutes or less was the best kind of benefit which I was quite surprised at and also napping earlier in the day because this actually helped with preventing uh, sleep loss at night so obviously if you're napping quite later on in the day that might impact your sleep or how tired you are later on in the day and this napping for 30 minutes or less was quite interesting to me because that's kind of like a micro nap you know that you wouldn't really think of that as much time to sleep at all like that's maybe like a little sleep in the car when you're you know when someone else is driving so it's interesting that it is just such a small percentage like that maybe it's just like an update in our brains that we need a little break halfway through the day I don't know but it's super interesting that's all it takes so maybe it is something that can be implemented but of course 20 to 30 minutes of actual sleep is not associated with completing our you know the old things associated with going to sleep so you've got like getting ready getting tired all this going to bed getting ready you know so that it's more than that I think as a current society that we are living in we are not living within that those means as working people or people that are have kids or have other responsibilities to fit the time in to to do that so maybe it's a if this really is an important Uh, prevention method for dementia or other brain related issues maybe we should be carving that time out in society or allowing people to take naps in the middle of the day if they want to but of course we are by no means as a society in the position to create that I mean of course you're getting lunch breaks but you barely get time to eat food let alone uh, also take a nap (laughs) so that's another issue as well I think that might come up with constant and regular napping is that if you're having a nap around lunchtime or after your lunch, you're not really getting time to really use the benefits of sleep because you are digesting in that process as well. I mean, the best the best thing is, especially at night when you go to bed, you know that your your body's not digesting the whole time. It is actually using your sleep to do other important um, jobs within the body. So that could be an issue as well that I foresee. But at the same time, probably this study all it is confirming to people if they want to have a nap one day go for it because it might actually be beneficial but maybe it is more acquired or kind of more associated with regular napping to see these benefits so we're not sure if every once in a while having a wee nap would make much of a difference to brain volume over time it probably wouldn't 
but how many of us listening to this or in the world are quite happy to take 30 minutes out of the middle of our day to nap and how many people well I'm sure we all want to do that but how many people realistically have the time and the possibilities to do that I mean very little so it is a really interesting study and one that I think was done very well and very um, in a massive scale which is what we need in research and it is something that is important and it's good that we are publishing and making a big importance in research in health and wellness that's so important but can we really implement it in a meaningful way in our society? I mean, maybe take it as an individual thing. If you like napping, if you do short naps a lot, then be reassured that what you're doing is possibly helping you in later life or you are currently reaping the benefits of that depending on what age you are. But at the same time, if you're someone who finds it very difficult to nap during the day, maybe don't take it to heart. Uh, But if you do have the odd nap, then remind yourself that it is okay because it might actually be helping you in the long run but I really hope you enjoyed this podcast it's really interesting talking about new and exciting studies especially ones that circulate around in the media very important to talk about that and to remind people that certain research that comes out can be reliable others not so much this one is a particularly good study that I think was done really, really well. So if you do want to learn a little bit more about your sleep and how it can massively impact your life and your health, I would recommend reading that book. I will link it in the description for you because it is amazing. I've actually given it to a couple of my clients as well because it's just such a great book. And if they like reading, if you like reading, but please do get in touch with me if you do would like or you would like any help with your nutrition or your health or your fitness. I would love to help as well as any ideas for the podcast. If you want to like, share, comment, anything like that. I'm actually doing a talk on my podcast in a couple months at a conference, which is insane. Uh, I've not even thought about what I'm going to say yet, but wish me luck for that. So if you are nutrition student listen to that get along to that conference but yes thank you so much for listening i will speak to you all next week bye